And this is a very emotional process for the seller. It's their life's work, which we have deep empathy for. And uh, when we approach a listing, that's, that is a guiding principle of making sure we help them emotionally through the process. But at some point, if something goes wrong, if there's a quality of earnings failure, where maybe their accountant, their controller made a mistake, and so their perception of value was actually not anywhere close to true, that hurts, right? It's, uh, we're deeply empathetic to that. So we need to work through that, and if they still want to sell the business and, and they're communicating with us, then we're all in. Our, our job is to do what's best for them. But if they start to ghost you or get emotional and stick their head in the sand, you know, that, there's a point where we have to say, you know, look, I, you're hurt, we understand it. Why don't you take some time away and we're going to go focus on our other clients. When you're ready to come back into the market, we're here for you. back to the Apex Business Advisors podcast. I am your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined as always by president of Apex, Doug Hubler. Doug, we have a third guest. We do today. And how are you today? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm always good for these. Chuck Campbell, good. welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be the third wheel. Always the third wheel. Sometimes fourth. <laughs> Sometimes Doug gets real tired of just doing these. He's like, you know what? I'm tired of talking today to you. I want to talk. So our topic today is when to fire a client. And since Chuck fires all of his clients, we thought who better than Chuck to come in to tell us about when we should be firing our clients. Before we get into that, I need to share an incredibly embarrassing story that happened to me last week. As you know, I, I attend those chamber lunches, which I was in the middle of a fantastic story. You know, people love to hear our stories about ad backs and it, the the disasters, the disasters and yeah. things like that, and I mean, I was I was shining. I was in in my moment, and a piece of chicken got lodged <laughs> right in the middle of my throat, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, they're gonna have to give me the Heimlich." And I was able to like just literally barf this thing out. <laughs> Onto my napkin, <laughs> grab the napkin oh at the gosh. next spot over, get, get myself. I mean, I was a mess. Wait, is the topic today how, why you would fire a client or how you get fired? You've just gone the other way now. So, so anyway, well, it was at a chamber lunch, and so like I end up with like this pile of napkins on top of my plate from this mess that I made. The only saving grace is that. The chair we were sitting at, the table we were sitting at, was near the front. I was dead center of that, so my back was to the vast majority of the people that were were at this lunch. But yeah, I uh, and Ryan was like, "I'm really glad you pulled out of that because I don't know how I would have explained that to Doug." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm going to take all of Andy's listings if that's cool because right. he's dead now right. Right. because I refused to give him nobody, a Heimlich. Like, nobody helped him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like just, yeah, I mean, he was in the middle of this fantastic so, story. Yeah, so anyway, did the story, did you finish the story? Then? <laughs> of course I finished the story. Now, having said that, I had I need to find a new chamber of commerce to right. take that one's place because I can never go back there ever again. How was that discussion with your wife and kids? <laughs> um, honey, we need to move. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. yeah, and it did happen to be my hometown chamber of commerce. So, How, how was the chicken? Fine. Rubber chicken in a ballroom. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, I mean it's one of those. You know, you oh pay the gosh. you pay the overpriced lunch for the uh, the opportunity to go shake hands and 
shake babies and kiss hands, right? So, so can we have start with embarrassing stories from now on? If you have one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, this I've is a plenty. This is a smoke them if you got them type right. of show. So. <laughs> so you want to talk a little bit about our maybe lead into yeah. our topic? Yeah. Bit, you know, now wait. that I have fully embarrassed thank myself. Thank you. Thank you. Now you can go relax. <laughs> now I'm done with the show. There are times where we have difficult clients. We know the best route a seller needs to take to get the most value for their business. And we will spend a lot of time with that business owner, either prepping them for sale or, you know, once we get to sell and kind of working through the whole process with them and educating them. And there are times where we just meet quite a bit of resistance. There are different reasons for that. We have a real difficult time letting a client go once we've got them and, and we know we've got a good business. So, but there are times where we do have to make that decision. And that's why I wanted Chuck to come in and, and talk because we have an issue that we came across or Chuck came across this past week and it had been building. And so I thought it'd be a good time for him to kind of talk about that, that situation and why it matters on, on who, who the advisors are and who you who with sellers should pay attention to. And I think, so this is a great example that Chuck can bring to us and so, talk to us. So Chuck, did you go with the Vince McMahon firing or the Donald Trump? Which, which style <laughs> did you go with at you the know, firing? I, I uh, surprisingly came up with my third version. It was somewhat subtle, but uh, yet direct. So tell us a story, Chuck. This is a classic scenario where uh, the seller uh, was introduced to me by a trusted advisor. So I really had to follow uh, this, this individual's lead. Unfortunately, the trusted advisor uh, really held total control of their thoughts and feelings about the valuation of their business. So I had two choices. I could either go along with the opinion of valuation, which was about 20% higher than what I felt the market, how the market would view the value of the business. I ultimately agreed. I, I reaffirmed my opinion of value, but said, you know, I could be wrong. Let's go ahead and go to the marketplace. Let's see what the market says. And if we find out we're overpriced, then let's go back and let's reevaluate um, uh, what the price is. Unfortunately, um, we found out the market valued the business about where I had it. But the seller was just very emotionally connected to, one, the number, and two, the advice of the advisor. And it got to the point where it, it prohibited me from being effective in my role as a, in a, as a business broker. And so really had to, and while I've become very close friends, I, I adore these people, but it just got to the point where um, I was no longer effective and I felt it was best if we parted ways. So um, I canceled the engagement. You know, when you talk about the trusted advisor, it felt like, you know, besides that person giving them their opinion of value, it seemed like maybe they were also kind of getting in the way. I, I found at critical points I was being questioned by the advisor. I was not being questioned by, by the seller. Our relationship was solid and we were, you know, we were really doing the right things. We were getting a tremendous amount of uh, attention on this business. Uh, we had 70, 80 potential buyers come in and look at it and literally in every case they just judged it to be overpriced. But as I was trying to do my job effectively, I found myself being questioned by the advisor and questioned from a position, it's not an ego thing with me, it was, a, it was just the fact that the questioning came from so far out in right field, they really usually weren't even relevant points. It was more about the advisor trying to prove that he was in charge 
a little bit of an Alexander Haig effect. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge here. And so, you know, it just kind of wore me down. And, you know, I, I'm very prideful. I take a lot of deep pride in my work. And I want to do the best for my client. And I felt like the relationship with the advisor was impeding upon that. And we just had to call it off. And this is a financial advisor that that we're talking about. And we don't ever pretend to give anybody financial advice. You know, we kind of stay in our lane. And I think that's the point Chuck was making to this person, too, was, you know, we're not going to get in your business and advise your client in your world. And we would like it if you don't advise them in our world. We know mm-hmm. the market. And when we have 70 or 80 potential buyers look at it, and we had some great meetings with the seller, and the sellers are great, great folks. It is setting expectations. And I think Chuck did right from the very beginning was, was telling them that this is where we see your value. We can always try, we can always try for a premium. And there's no reason why we wouldn't at least attempt that because it, it is an art, not an exact science. So it, it doesn't hurt our feelings to go out and try for a little bit more. But I think we're, we, we need to work as a team with advisors. We love working with, with other advisors as long as we can kind of work together for, for the same goal. Chuck, were they open to a formal valuation? They weren't. They, they trust the advisor so much that they went, and it was, there was another issue in there, and that is that there was a retirement need. There was a, they needed, it was a relatively young couple, and so they weren't necessarily at retirement age, and so there was a known number to retire, and unfortunately, the valuation became tied to what it was they needed to retire comfortably. And so that complicated things as well. So it became we, a situation of what I want versus what I can get. Correct. Right. We could have said, hey, listen, if you had a different financial advisor, I don't think you'd need quite as much. So we could have played that card. So what was the fallout? You know, so it, candidly, we're still kind of working our way through it. And it's at a point where they can take the feedback from the market. They still need to sell the business. We have a great relationship. I think they appreciate the work that I and we here at Apex have done for them. So it's not their desire to have this engagement go away. It's mine based on the issues that we've talked about. And so I think the approach I'm going to take is just let a little of the uh, emotion um, kind of play out and then maybe reevaluate in a couple of weeks. But it would be under the terms of the advisor is no longer in, involved in this process. You know. I am not a financial advisor. You do not want me advising you financially. To the same point, he's a great financial advisor. That doesn't make him a good uh, evaluator of you know, value in a, in a business. Let's keep him in his lane, keep him in his silo, as Doug said. So if we can get uh, come to that point, then we'll stick with it, come out with a new value, uh, which still uh, will work with their retirement. It just doesn't feel as good. Uh, the number that they went to market with had them very comfortable. Um, the number that their business is worth, because it's a great business and they're really good operators. We, I, we can meet their needs. So do we keep it on the, do we keep listing it, keep marketing it? What What is our next step when, when we get to a situation like this to where they're not taking the market feedback? Yeah, so um, the next meeting, which um, will happen this week, is going to be just very candid to say, look, and I've got a lot of examples. I've kept emails from sellers. I've asked them to say, okay, why did you say no? So I have very objective, uh, well-written examples of, of why potential buyers walked away. And so I'm going to walk them through them and say, look, this is not personal. You guys are great people. You run a great business. We just need to see uh, objectively how the market views 
the value of your business. So we'll have that conversation and I'm going to let them walk away and, and probably have a long weekend and just come to terms with that number. If they ultimately feel good about it, then let's resume um, under the terms that the advisor is not involved in this process. Or the other option is they can't afford that number, which means they need to continue operating for another one to five years and increase the value and, and uh, make more revenue just mm -hmm. to put in the bank. So yeah. that's where we are with that. Doug, when the situation comes up like this, what, what's your involvement? What do you, what's your, what role do you play? Well, I think I'm kind of the internal advisor, so I kind of like listen to, in this case, Chuck's emotional cries. I didn't. So, I didn't. Did it usually didn't. starts like this. Did you hear it? You, you, you won't believe what happened now. Well, they're, they're, they are thin. Just when you thought it was going to get worse, it did. There's very thin walls, and yes, I right. know that my office is halfway down right. the hall, but right. it was right. very loud yeah. crying. Yeah. No. I think it really, in these cases, we kind of just have to talk through the situation and, and figure out the, you know the best way to handle it because every every situation is different you know in this case it's a wealth advisor next case it might be an attorney or a CPA and and like I said we we really enjoy working with other advisors our relationship with the seller is the most important so how do we save that how do we work with them and so internally here we just kind of talk through it and f figure out the best way to handle it yeah, and I think it goes back to a theme that we've had: unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what other yeah. what other areas do you see where we would perhaps terminate an engagement? Probably just straight out lying about there have been lawsuits against a, a business that hadn't been disclosed, or situation where somebody's just not responding to any any kind of communication with potential buyers or with their with their broker here. So. In, in that case, it's just, you know, we don't want to get egg on our face with, with buyers. You're trying to bring reputable businesses, marketable businesses to the market. So if something's going sideways like that, then those are probably cases we would, we would ask to be released from the contract. I would add to that it, uh, a behavior that I really abhor is the idea of ghosting or not responding. And, you know, it's a, it's a common human emotion when... Now, this is a very emotional process for the seller. It's their life's work, which we have deep empathy for. And uh, when we approach a listing, that's, that is a guiding principle of making sure we help them emotionally through the process. But at some point, if something goes wrong, if there's a quality of earnings failure, where maybe their accountant, their controller made a mistake, and so their perception of value was actually not anywhere close to true, that hurts. Right? It's, uh, we're deeply empathetic to that. So we need to work through that, and if they still want to sell the business and, and they're communicating with us, then we're all in. Our, our job is to do what's best for them. But if they start to ghost you or get emotional and stick their head in the sand, you know, that, there's a point where we have to say, you know, look, I, you're hurt. We understand it. Why don't you take some time away, and we're going to go focus on our other clients. When you're ready to come back into the market, we're here for you. No, I'm too busy to yeah. respond, and it's like, well, do you want to sell the business yeah. or not? Yeah. No, that's, no. A, that's a great topic, I think, for a future podcast, and that is that it, I advise every potential seller, look, understand you have to keep running your business. You can't take your eye off that ball, but selling mm -hmm. your business is a second full-time job, and you've got to find a way to suck it up and do it if you want to be successful in closing the sale. 
I, I totally agree with you. Something you can come back and talk to us? Would you come back on would our podcast again? Would you, would you my, Chuck? My time's worth a lot of money. <laughs> like a couple donuts or what do you got? Yeah. You know, let me see what ribbon cutting I go to. Maybe the next chamber lunch. I <laughs> Maybe get some you, chicken? Yeah, some chicken from a, uh, from a nice chamber lunch that, uh, you know, I've got to try some new ones out. <laughs> see, <laughs> see where they're at. I, Any last you've been, thoughts? You've been blackballed from the last. I, yeah, chamber, I can't. So. Uh, I have to find a new one. So yeah. you know, I'm yeah. sure there's some small town that'll be happy to have me. Right. Any um, meeting that starts with chicken in a ballroom, just don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Take a sandwich. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we? Uh, we you know, wrap I love up? what you guys do here. I listen to every podcast, and thank you for allowing me to share my sob stories and Doug thanks for That's letting me cry on your shoulder well we've been we've been wanting to get you on for a while you know Chuck right. is a fantastic storyteller always entertaining so hope to have you back for future Doug any final thoughts before we get out of here yeah I do have one more thing to mention we have a new addition to our Apex family Ken Weiner joined us this week and he is actually a past client of ours sold his business several years ago and he's been doing consulting since then but he was so impressed with Apex, he wanted to join our team. Shout out Ken Weiner. Uh, I'm sure he's a loyal podcast listener. Right. We'll look forward to having Ken on the on the podcast. I mean, he's got big shoes to fill following you, Chuck. So well, we're going to have to put him down maybe you know, a few, <laughs> few weeks down the road. Let the smoke settle. So, well, if you want to find out all about Ken and the rest of the team, you go to kcapex.com. That's also where you're going to be able to find out our current listings. Anything you would want to know about buying, selling a business, of course, as I mentioned, get in touch with Doug, myself, Chuck. If you want to be fired as a client of Chuck's, his contact information (laughs) is out there. So until next week, if you're looking to buy or sell a business, we got you, fam. do have closings coming up, but as I said, I don't want to jinx them. No jinx. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to mention them right no, no, now. No, no, no. Don't mention but them, I but will, we do have... I will, next week, I'm sure we'll have something to talk about. Good, good. Well, next week, if you go out to the Apex Business Advisors website, which is where you should get all of the information that you need, you, sh- you will probably see one less listing out there. Uh, but we do have some more listings coming out, so keep your eye there for businesses for sale, the Hey, can I say one more thing? Because <laughs> I did forget something. Yes, because I'm going to have to start this yeah, all so over again. Yeah, so you might as well just edit, right? Yeah, go. Go.